Welcome to On The Road, a show where automotive marketing professionals can learn from one another's journey. Today, Davin and I kick off the show with our pilot episode. We explain what you all can expect in future episodes, and we take a quick dive into a discussion about branding. Let's go. I'm Chris Road. I'm the founder and creative director at Studio Road. And I love to do two things. I love to create and I love to help people out. And I've been in this industry, the automotive industry, long enough. And my my native skill set is graphic design. So I've combined those two things. And what is ultimately equated to this agency and this podcast gives us the platform to do both. We can teach people what we've learned over the 15 years in business and design and just being in the market, but also we're trying to set up and give other people a platform to tell their story in hopes that it helps you as well. I'm Davin Sturdivant, and I'm the business development lead at Studio Road. Um, I guess I'm also the soothing voice that does a lot of the interviews for this podcast, so that's the thing. Um, you and I got together actually through some sponsor work for some of the racing that I do because I race competition go-karts and um, because I have a background in business and business admin from University of the Pacific, um, some of my side hustle had been before I met you had been doing sponsor deals and marketing work and a few other things. And so I think the stars just kind of aligned well where I had a sponsor for one of my kart racing seasons who needed some web design done and I knew of you just vicariously through my network and we started working together as sort of a hey can you help me out and then as I was working to kind of manage that relationship you and I spent a lot of time talking together just to make sure everything was kind of going in the same way and I think we found ourselves a lot on the same page as far as like how we look at the customer and you know how we provide value and we like the same type of cars (laughs) and so that was fun Um, so we started working more and more together and then I started doing work like this and so here we are and so now we're podcasting (laughs) (laughs) yay we did it so So what why are we we doing this podcast again (laughs) (laughs) because we sit here every week and we just shoot the shit and then we were like you know we've got a lot of good conversations we should probably record some of these well i was gonna say and like also i think in the future it'll be good to be able to pull some people in that we know that would be like interested to tell us their views on how they feel like you know business works and other things because you know, it's one thing to hear you and me talk about it over and over again, but it's another thing to hear another person who's had another experience, I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. So. And I mean, as many discovery workshops as that we've been to and calls and just conversations, we're starting to see a common denominator throughout all of them. The, at least in my opinion, the idea of this show will be to bring the people that are actually in the trenches, the marketing and advertising people at these automotive companies, bring them in, let them tell their story of the pros, the cons, the the dreams, where they want to be, where they have been, that type of thing, just kind of to give, I don't know, maybe it might be therapeutic for them, but to also give <laughs> the rest of the automotive industry some insight and maybe avoid some problems based on person X's experience. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think the other thing too is like you say, it's good to sometimes hear that other people are struggling too or having the same issues you know and and it's not because laughing at other people's problems is fun but i think it's because it's not it's not always going to be a straightforward journey right i think every 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 client we've worked with or consulted with it's it could be a similar story but the path isn't always exactly the same 
And so I think that, you know, listeners will find that to be interesting to be like, I, you know, I may not be having exactly the same experience as person X, but it's close. And so this is how they solved it. Or, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing it wrong because I'm having this experience. This is just something that I, you know, run mm-hmm. into often. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. We should probably, probably think of one thing to talk about though today. Because, like, I feel like just telling them what the podcast is about is kind of like a, why'd you waste my time? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So I feel like there should be one topic. Um, I can touch on that for probably three minutes, like a little three-minute something or another. It's something that I've I've already worked up anyway, so. What are you talking about? That our industry is obsessed with tactics and not the people. Oh, yeah, yeah. What will we talk about when we talk about how do we get the people? What's the, what's the end game? The the end game, like what I'm kind of calling this, and I'm I actually recorded a recorded a, a intro and an outro for the next vlog that's coming out. That's exactly mm. on this topic. Mm. the The point of it is basically when tactics fail. So when these tactics fail, if you have a a, a strategy around the people that you want to serve and that you have empathy for then it mm. doesn't matter that the tactics fail because the people's strategy always wins in the long term. So is it more about being more like real, more social? Yeah, or it's actually it... giving a shit about, you know, these people that they want to serve and provide products and services for. Mm, okay, that actually makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Give me an example. Okay. Ooh, let me see if I can get this right. Example, Warby Parker. It's, it's common knowledge that Warby Parker, when you buy a set of glasses, a pair of glasses, that they give a pair away, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't make it well known and they don't, well, they don't actively advertise that aspect of their business. Mm. They don't actively put pictures of less fortunate people in Rwanda or some third world country that don't have glasses in their advertising because mm. that's not the message that they're trying to get across to the customers they want. Mm. Customers that they want are people that have more money or they have more, they have a more desire for style than they do money. Mm. That is what's, that's basically branding, brand marketing. Mm -hmm. That's giving a shit about who you're trying to serve. The Mm -hmm. opposite of that is more of a tactical advertising marketing type of thing where before Warby Parker opened up their first retail business, they, they didn't know what a retail store looked like for them. Mm. nor did they know where to put one. So they had two mm. major issues there. So what they ended up doing is they bought a bus and they outfitted the bus to look like a retail store, a brick and mortar mm. store. Mm-hmm. And then they took that bus and they went to different locations throughout the city and they tested it. And the mm. locations that the bus did well at, they knew that they could have put it, they could put a store there. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I guess the question is like, what does that mean for like your average person? Like, is that saying don't just post ads and expect people to respond to ads? Like, people don't respond to ads; people respond to people. Yeah, pretty much. Like, put a personal touch in your work. Like, mm-hmm. engage with your customers. Like, understand them. Like, be in touch. Here's an idea: don't don't approach them like you're gonna strip mine them for money. Oh, it's like Diablo. It's like Blizzard and Diablo Three. Did you hear about that? <laughs> no. Oh man. Okay. Okay. So there was BlizzCon just a couple days ago mm-hmm. and uh, but, you know, you pay to go to BlizzCon, right? And so ever since Diablo three, 
all like the hardcore PC gamers want Diablo 4. That's what they want. That, there's nothing else what they want. And Blizzard's been like amping up, like, because of the BlizzCon, we know what you want. It's going to be great. Da, 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 da. So they get there, and the last thing they talk about is a mobile game oh, called no. Diablo Immortal. That's basically a reskin version of this other Chinese game. And they say, oh, this is going to be our flagship thing for the year. And like the room is just dead silent. And they're just like, is this a joke? Like, is, we just we just want Diablo Four, and they're like, no, you don't. You want this mobile game, and they're like, literally, no, we don't. We want fucking Diablo Four, and Blizzard's like, don't you guys have phones? And the whole time, I'm thinking this is a primary example of a brand who's out of touch with their customers and their customer has no avenue to really communicate with them in a way that makes them feel like there's any sort of trust there, and so they're just like, why are you just trying to take my money? Bingo. Right? Like, why are you just trying to take my money? Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, you know, so here's the funny thing, though, right? Like, I think the biggest thing that I see when it comes to especially online presence of any company is, first of all, I see that people can't separate their brand from themselves. Mm-hmm. And so they, they struggle with being able to be impartial about their approach on how they want to use their brand to communicate and also receive feedback. And they'll take that feedback. If it's positive feedback, they'll big themselves up. But more importantly, if it's negative feedback, they'll take it personally and then they'll, they'll turn it around and be like, well, the customer just sucks. Okay. So yes, some customers just suck, but in reality, what I, I, I say, I recommend that people do is look at it and say, how can I, adjust how I reach out to that customer to figure out what their true pain is because the real reason this sucks is because I'm not satisfying their need. That's why it sucks, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, sometimes we get in too much in our own way and don't think about what, like, why am I here? Like what's my presence for being here? You're just mad because someone said something you didn't like. Mm -hmm. I think that goes back to what I was saying earlier. They have, they don't have a tendency to have real authentic empathy for who they're trying Mm -hmm. to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think there's a disconnect there where the, the companies, they maybe start out this way, but ultimately the culture shifts and it, it, it changes where the, the people that are running particular departments within the company don't have an empathy for the customer because they don't have true, a true connection with what the customer is looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of a very, very generalized example of this is say somebody in carding right like you had this experience earlier where you're hardcore into carding competitive carding but somebody that runs a company that doesn't necessarily support the carding community all that much there might be a disconnect there so there's not a whole lot of empathy from the company to you and Mm -hmm. because there's a little empathy there there's a disconnect and it just doesn't work the way it should work well i mean and i would probably say in that situation i would say that the scenario that I ran into was that I engaged with a brand who also is involved with carding, but is separate from the, the products that I personally use now. Mm-hmm. And so rather than using, let's say, the negative experience I had as an opportunity to reach out to the to reach out to me as a customer and say, hey, I heard you had a negative experience with one of our products. You know, how can we maybe do better in the future to help serve you better? Or is there anything that we can do to maybe help, help um, motivate you to promote our products in a better light? they just came out and like kind of personally attacked me instead. Mm -hmm. 
And so, you know, as a as a customer, regardless of who I am, that is never going to fly, right? Like, that's just never going to fly. And I, I see it a lot in, I see it a lot in, especially in social media, when you have, like, admins and moderators who don't do a very good job at creating that personal connection with their audience, right? So someone comes in with some negative feedback and the admin just basically says, screw you, or they ignore them, yeah. right? And, you know, even though it seems like you're doing a good job by not engaging, that disengagement or that negative engagement actually works out always negative, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Because those people still realize that either, hey, this person doesn't give a damn about me, so I won't give a damn about them, um, or they're just being told why they're wrong. Companies think that 85% of their customers experienced good customer service through the engagement, 85%. When you ask those same customers what that percentage is on quote unquote good customer service, the percentage was the 18. Mm-hmm. Well, silence doesn't mean positive, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest problem that we run into. I say the biggest a lot, but it's one of the big problems that I, I run into when talking to clients about why they're not really gelling well with their customers. It's because their customers, let's say, aren't engaging with them and so they assume everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Right. And any negative feedback they take as something to be silenced rather than as a learning opportunity. Right. And when you fail, failure should be a good opportunity to learn. When a customer takes the time to say, I don't like something about your product or service, that is a premier opportunity to turn that into something you can fix. Right. But a lot of people don't do that. What they do is they say, oh, they said something bad about me. Screw that guy. I'm just never going to serve their market again. And you just leave that money on the table. So when some other competing brand comes and says, I heard you had a bad time, let me help you. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think one thing that we could talk about, we talked about, I think in the first vlog we did was about like being real, you know, mm-hmm. and, and when you're, when you're marketing to your customers and you're communicating to your customers, give them something to hook onto, mm-hmm. give them something that is relatable. That is, you know, we're in this space to, because we are like you, right? We're fulfilling this need because we have a similar need that you have and provide ways for the customer to feel like they can communicate with you, not just see you market stuff. Because, you know, I think most customers, they have questions, they have concerns, they have opinions, they, they want to, you know, we're all social creatures from the very beginning. And I think a lot of, a lot of marketing is look what I can do. Customer, look what I can do. You get overwhelmed by that. You don't really do anything with that because everyone's just kind of, it's like going to the circus, right? Everyone's just kind of juggling their balls in the air and showing them that you can jump through rings of fire and you just kind of tune it all out. Eventually you don't really pick one or the other it's you know sometimes you like seeing the clowns and sometimes you like seeing the trapeze artists but eh, the circus is just kind of meh right but when you finally have a brand that will engage with you and say let me hear your concerns let me hear your questions i'll answer those questions and let me find ways to talk to you unique ways sometimes whether it's facebook live or whether it's being responding aptly on on social media or it's you know uh and ask me anything where local people can meet you somewhere or whatever you can think of it builds a certain amount of relatable credibility that is rare nowadays right like a lot of a lot of people on the surface 
don't really give that much of a damn about your product over anybody else's. They just want to know if you can solve the problem that they have. And so if you compete just like everyone else, you're, you have no differentiator that makes you memorable. And so you struggle because, you know, if you're selling wheels, for example, there are thousands of wheel companies out there. And so if I look at one wheel versus another wheel and I have no real way to engage with that brand, I'm probably going to compete on price and maybe what my friends have and something I've seen in a magazine, but it's a roll of the dice, whether I pick you, because there's nothing, there's nothing uh, extra special. There's nothing engaged about that brand that makes me go, you know, I pick, I'm just going to say Volk because that's what comes to mind. Right. I pick Volk because when I, you know, like something on Instagram, they favorite back or, you know, um, I'll pick something that I see. I saw off Driftworks, for example, because they, you know, will respond back like i know the guys for example from driftworks their names from like instagram and all their social media because they're so engaged in all the material they do that i feel like i quote unquote know them so i'll go look there first over other places because they've done a good job at creating this engaging environment that i'm like well shit if someone comes and tells me from them that i should look at this wheel or these the steering angle kit or something like that i'm gonna take a look right where if I see a regular ad on wheels just on Facebook that they're having a group buy sale, I'm just going to scroll right by it. Because all that brand is saying is, I want your money. Where the other brand is saying, I, you and I are the same, we should hang out. Two things. First thing, people make purchases based on emotion and they justify it with logic. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what you just ex- explained. You're emotionally tied to the Driftworks guys because you feel like you have a a one-on-one relationship with them, even though mm-hmm. it's a digital. Yeah. But when it came down to purchasing, you would go to their site and you would logically justify the expense of the wheels as long as it's within your budget and an acceptable amount of money. Mm-hmm. Second thing is, is what you're talking about is branding. Like that's yeah. straight up branding. Yeah. If, if Nike opened up a hotel, we, I think we all have kind of a general idea of what that hotel would be like. Mm-hmm. But if Hyatt came out with sneakers or shoes or anything, we have no clue. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Because Hyatt doesn't have a brand. They just have a logo. They're yeah. the equivalent of somebody selling wheels on Facebook ads and stuff. And don't get me wrong, like there's a there's a time and a place for that. Like tactfully, we kind of covered this earlier. Tactfully you should do that, but in certain ways at certain times. But anyway, it's, um, you know, in a blind taste test, man, like sneakers are all the same, but why do people spend hundreds of dollars on, on Yeezys? Mm-hmm. That's the value of a brand. Mm-hmm. It validates mm-hmm. the extra expense over uh, a substitute. So mm-hmm. if the market, if your customer isn't paying extra, then you don't have a brand. Mm. How do I best say this? I think the thing is too, is also making sure that your engagement with them is genuine because like people can tell pretty easily when you're being disingenuous, you know? And, um, I think that, that genuine engagement that isn't just like selling them an extra discount. <laughs> right. I think it's also important in kind of building the grand brand credibility that you're talking about. We have access to more information and more methods to communicate than ever before, but yet we do a terrible job at actually trying to reach out to the customer and communicating with them. We just sell them, <laughs> you know? We treat, we, treat, we treat Facebook and Twitter like giant billboards, and then we wonder why no one buys our stuff, because no one buys anything off a billboard. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, 30 years ago, there was no such thing as a telephone strategy. Right. There was the telephone was just a tool to speak to the human being on the other side. That's all Mm -hmm. it did. Mm -hmm. All these platforms and all that stuff, they're just conduits for the exact same thing. Yeah. But we misuse them, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? And and I think the reason for that is because um, people want it to be easy. And if it was easy, they would be rich already. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just can't, you know, I, I explain that to a lot of people we talk about where they're like, well, we, you know, we tried using Facebook and Twitter and we made a bunch of posts on Instagram and no one's buying our stuff. And I'm like, well, I mean, have you tried engaging with your customers at all in any other way or combine it or anything else like that? No. I mean, you know, we posted some things. Yeah. You know, what's funny, man, is that, uh, to that point to back you up is both on the business account, Instagram account and my personal account is that because Instagram and Facebook, they're pushing these algorithms the engagement on the front end is going down. I get less and less likes every every month or so. Mm-hmm. But my DM is blowing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have better, mm-hmm. and that and that's what you want, right? Yeah, like, I, I would I would prefer the two percent of personal engagement over all the likes in the world, mm-hmm. right? Because the all the likes in the world do not equate sales. I don't have a hook or an or an avenue to engage with my customer in a way that's going to close in a sale. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I can get a hundred thousand likes on a post. I won't buy a damn thing, but if I get one person to DM me something, I'm like, Oh yeah, we're getting mm-hmm. close there. Right. At least I can, I can become a, an advocate for why you should talk to me about product XYZ or service XYZ. I may not make this deal today, but I can at least start to develop that conversation over time.